John, we've uh, sent out the 911 and the bat signal because there was incredible surprise baseball news in New York. Yes, overnight, uh, the Mets are landing Carlos Correa. Nobody saw this one coming. Looked like he had a deal with the Giants, all set to go. There was a snafu, and Steve Cohen of the Mets came right in and got him. Yeah, it's Christmas in New York, at least in Queens. We're probably talking about coal in the stockings in San Francisco, and we'll certainly talk about all of it if you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. John, on a Tuesday night in New York, you and I were at a Christmas party, the New York Post Christmas party. It was quite a, a soiree. We were having a good time. I looked to my left and right. You weren't around anymore. I sent you a text. Where the heck is John? Well, John, you went home, and like every good reporter, you decided to stay up until about 2 or 3 in the morning and break the news that Carlos Correa was not going to be a San Francisco Giant, that the discrepancies in his physical review by the Giants had left him still a free agent. And uh, Steve Cohn did more in five hours than most teams will do in two or three off seasons by guaranteeing Carlos Correa a 12-year, $315 million contract. It's an agreement. He has to pass his physical, too, to come to the New York Mets to play third base next to his friend, Francisco Lindor. John, what do you think about it all? Well, first of all, it was a terrific party, and I didn't leave because (laughs) I knew anything was up. I did not have those kind of instincts at all. Uh, I just thought it was time past my bedtime, and, you know, I just never— You know, it's never past my bedtime, as we've noticed. (laughs) I I just kept drinking, yeah. Yeah, good for you, and (laughs) I I just didn't fall asleep. So, um, you know, as things happened, uh, you know, it was a little bit shocking to me. Probably shouldn't be. We should be prepared at this point because Steve Cohn is capable of anything, as you wrote on the website today for The Post. He's apt to sign any free agent. We talked to him a week ago. And he said there'll always be another free agent when he lamented not getting Correa the first time. Little did I know that the next free agent was indeed going to be Correa. Yeah. You know, John, I went to I I use this in the column you referenced. You know, these days I've been thinking about where are they going to move the 14 million dollars of Carlos Carrasco? They ended up with the $315 million of Carlos Correa. This is who the 2023, 2022, 2023 Mets are, who the Steve Cohn Mets are. Everything is in play. I guess I would ask this, if you have the money, it was this a wise thing to do? Well, first of all, as we cover the Mets, we got to just forget everything we've learned as we've covered baseball for three decades. This is a whole new ball game, well, even beyond Steinbrenner. And uh, I mean, we've never seen this before. I mean, if you have the money and it's not my money, you know, he is dipping into his personal account. I do believe he is losing money, as he told me in that uh, column I wrote uh, late last week. How much are you losing? He said bigger than a bread box. And at this point, it's probably bigger than my couch. Uh, He's losing quite a bit of money. Should I worry about that? I'm not worried. It's not my money. He obviously is a very, very wealthy man. He can absorb easily a $200 million loss for multiple years and still be fine, even more than that. So I'm not worried about it. Carlos Correa, I think, is a terrific player. You know, I think he'll be great at third. He's one of the premium defensive players in the game. I think along with Machado and Arenado, I think they're probably the three best defensive players in the game. He was very good at third. I think he played there in the WBC. 
alongside Lindor, and I, I think he's going to be great. And one extra thing that I think he brings is that he has been great in October. Obviously, we saw the Mets last year. They were not great in October. Let's face it, it was only three games, but they were not good. And, uh, you know, we've got a guy here who has 18 home runs in the postseason lifetime, 849 postseason OPS. It probably is the right guy, even though he's not by trade a third baseman. So it wasn't a perfect fit, even though they were already at $360 million payroll. You know, I think you can't argue with it. He's certainly got an incredible lineup as things stand. I've seen multiple lineups. I like Correa batting fifth and Marte second. I've seen it reversed, but that's the way I'd go. But, uh, boy, it looks like a fun team. Yeah, everyone would like to have their problem be whether it about Marte or uh, Correa second. Uh, the Mets are going to have that quote unquote problem. You know, John, uh, as we're speaking, it's Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday morning. I was at Aaron Judge's press conference where the, Yan- the Yankees, I mean, these were known things in general. We're giving the largest contract in the history of the organization to Judge. It was not much a surprise. They also let out that he is going to be the 16th team captain. You and I have covered New York baseball for 30-odd years each. You know, we're not used to watching the Yankees get upstaged, uh, certainly not on a day where they're making history twice, and yet they felt upstaged today, like the other team in town, because of the Correa news. And it made me think, because most of these last, you mentioned you invoked George Steinbrenner earlier, most of these last three decades, you know, George Steinbrenner was the kind of guy who did these theatric out of no place moves. And I was trying to think the last time I was clear and clear surprised by something. And I think the last time I was really, really surprised by something was a very similar situation, which is almost two decades ago now, which is when a deal with the Red Sox falls apart for A-Rod. And that opens it up for the Yankees to swoop in and get A-Rod to, by the way, go from shortstop to third base to play next to the entrenched shortstop. And if we'd like to add just two more coincidences or similarities, the agent for Scott uh, for um, A-Rod at that time is the same A-Rod, uh, agent for Correa now is Scott Boris. And I think that Correa counts A-Rod as kind of a bit of a mentor. And so I think that this is a fascinating 20-year-later situation. Yeah, it is very, very similar. Obviously, different players I'm not sure they're quite as close as they used to be, but certainly he was his mentor. They're different players. So let's let's face it. A-Rod is a bar from the agents, a generational talent. I mean, he's a once in a couple decade type talent. And uh, Carlos Correa is a great player. I mean, he's clutch, great defender, very good hitter. You know, I don't think people should expect him to be A-Rod. A-Rod obviously hit more than 50 home runs uh, a couple few times. Uh, that's not going to happen. You know, he's not, Correa is not going to hit 50 home runs. He's going to be outstanding at third. He's going to be very, very good in the batter's box. Should be good in October. They are two different players, but it is a similar type situation. You mentioned the, the, the short third situation. Jeter Arod is one of the greatest left sides of the infield of all time. And again, now we're getting another tandem that is, uh, I don't want to say comparable, but in that category of one of the best all time, San Diego's got a good one. Obviously, Wright Ray, Ray and Reyes was pretty good, but uh, this is this is really an outstanding left side of the infield. And, you know, I mean, Mets fans are just beside themselves. I mean, they stuck with this team through, I was going to say thick and thin, but mostly thin, and uh, they're being rewarded right now for, for waiting it out. And, you know, I give them credit. It's much easier being a Yankee fan as I was growing up.
Yeah, you know, John, the other thing it reminds me of is, you know, once the Yankees paired A-Rod with Jeter, they were kind of a win or bust team anyway. Has there ever been more of a championship or bust team now than Steve Cohn's Mets? We're talking about a team that has, as we speak, about a $385 million payroll for luxury tax purposes. They're going to spend about another 110, 115 in just the tax. We're talking about a half a billion dollars being spent on players. We were wondering if someone would go over the $300 million mark not long ago. Well, we've blown by that. We've blown by 400 with this team. I think the two most win now teams reside in our town. The Yankees, because they're spending the second most and they haven't won since 2009, and their fans treat that like like this is some kind of Red Sox or Cub curse going on now. And the Mets, simply because if you throw this much money into the middle of the, the pot at the World Series of Poker, you better win the darn World Series. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that the Yankees are the poorer of the two teams in town. Uh, you know, we have not ever really experienced that before uh, last year. And now this year, the Mets have blown it away. They're almost $100 million over the Yankees at this point, which is really, I mean, I know people thought that Steve Cohn was going to spend big to win, but uh, I think he's even begun beyond people's imagination in terms of spending. You know, I talked to him a couple times over the past uh, week or so, and it just does not seem to phase him. You know, he basically says, you know, uh, he, he was hoping to get Correa for a little under $300 million. He went over $300 million to three fifteen, and it was like, what's well, a few percent or what's 3%? Uh, I don't remember the exact wording. You know, I wanted the deal done. I thought we needed one more thing, and this is it. You know, when he wants something, he goes and get it, gets it. And I know how unhappy he sounded uh, several days ago when he thought he had fallen short or come in late. And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a different era with, with the Mets. And I think it's great to see. Yeah. You know, the, the Yankees should probably count themselves fortunate that they were able to get judged done at the winter meetings. If it would have lingered and they dawdled, who knows, maybe Cohn would have jumped in on that one as well. John, I'm going to ask a bigger issue question here, which is this. Essentially, is this good for baseball? It's certainly good for New York baseball, especially Met, Met fans. You know, we have a situation now, though, where simply the tax that Steve Cohn is going to pay, if you subtract the Mets at about $110 million, that's going to be like the average salary for major league payrolls this year, is going to come in at about 110 which means about some significant percentage of the sport is going to be underneath that. Like if you're the Miami Marlins right now, for example, why would you even spend anything on free agency? You know, like like I, I know we could point to the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Guardians teams that make the most out of a little, but is this good for baseball that there is this kind of Goliath for everyone to shoot at? Well, I think it's great to have a team to shoot at, and I'm I'm sure you're right that there's more pressure on them to win the World Series, and it's not like basketball where you collect the best players and you're going to win. You know, I think I spoke to some people today who still say Atlanta and Philadelphia are as good as the Mets or close to as good, and there's no guarantees, and, you know, I agree with that. Um, so, you know, I think it's good to have Goliaths, but by the same token, you know, I wonder about the haves and have not situation you know, I was talking to somebody at MLB and they were concerned that, you know, that five or six teams or so are really doing the bulk of the action. You know, it was a great winter meetings, great in terms of publicity, but, you know, you had a vast majority of teams that were mostly on the sideline, maybe signing guys for 
five million here, ten million there, but not signing the big ticket items. You know, we talked about the top nine teams going over a hundred million dollars. And, uh, you know, that's great, but you'd like to see some of those bottom 21 teams do a little bit more as well. It's interesting. I think it's a kind of a double-edged sword, but it's right now it's great in New York. People are very excited, but uh, I can't imagine, you know, I, I think if people in Oakland weren't too happy to begin with, so it's not affecting them. But there's probably some other locales where they're, you know, a little bit disappointed with what's going on. When they snake their way to Vegas, they'll all be happier in Oakland. Well, not the the folks of Oakland, but the A's fans will, uh, you know, potentially be happier, or the people who run the A's will at least will be happier. You know, John, I, as I as I think think about it all, and if it's good for baseball or not, I do think about this a lot. You invoke the name George Steinbrenner, and I do think this is Steinbrenner esque, right? Both in theatrics and fervor to win and go for it with your finances, just being unleashed in a lot of ways. You know what we haven't seen from Steve Cohn yet? Fury. We haven't seen him kind of publicly fire, hire, scream at players, whatever. I wonder if it's in him. If this, it, it, He hasn't shown that part of his personality. But I do wonder, like, if we're sitting on July 26th, and to your point, the Braves and the Phillies are sitting a couple of games ahead of him, and he's got $500 million in the middle of this pot. I wonder what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, I think most people would be upset at that point. George Steinbrenner is unique. He's one and only. He's an original. I don't think we're ever going to see that. We've seen some owners with elements of George Steinbrenner, and in some cases, it's just the bad elements of George Steinbrenner. I think at this point, we know Cohen certainly has the good elements where he is willing to spend and puts winning first and foremost. And that, you know, that's most important for the fans, as he told me. I have the commitment of the fans. I I need to fulfill that commitment. If I have to spend some extra money, so be it. And I I think that's great. I mean, he really hasn't been tested yet. Uh, Obviously, it was disappointing to lose to the Padres. You're right. If he's, you know, got the $500 million team and they're in third place, uh, we might see some histrionics. We'll see. I don't know him that well. We haven't seen it yet. We're two years in. He may not be of that. He may not do that. So, you know, I would say good for him if he doesn't. But overall, Steinbrenner was a, a great character, unique. And uh, it does feel like Steve Cohen's got the great characteristics, the best of Steinbrenner to this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, one other thing it allows the Mets to do is suddenly Brett Beatty becomes interesting trade fodder moving forward. Uh, his position is now filled by a prime age guy with a 10-year contract at third base. I'm sure the Mets will play the nonsense game of, oh, we're going to move him around and turn him into a versatile. I suspect he's going to be turned into something else, especially pitching, before it's all said and done. But, John, before we're all said and done, I think the last thing to talk about here is the other team, the jilted lover here, the Giants. They began this offseason with big plans, and the Yankees might have been upstaged this afternoon or this morning with the judge thing. But ultimately, they had judge, which was the Giants' number one guy. The number two guy was Correa, who they had, and they had some kind of physical issue with him. You know, Mitch Haneker's a nice player. Ross Stripling's an interesting pitcher. So Sean Mania. But, John, when you promise them Paris, you better not give them Des Moines. And it feels (laughs) like they've been given Des Moines here if you're a Giant fan. 
Love the Giants. What What do you think? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Yankees because, you know, they may have been upstaged today, but they had a very good offseason, obviously, adding Rodon. And the pitching Another guy excellent. away from the Giants, right? Rodon. Right. It's been a How rough offseason. How many off Carlos's season. can they lose in one offseason, John? It's, it's been a rough one for the Giants. And, you know, uh, when we were at the GM meetings and you were there when Farhan Zaidi, uh, the Giants uh, baseball president, Talked about how difficult it is sometimes to get people to come to the Bay, players to come to the Bay Area, uh, other than guys who are from the Bay Area. And, and Mitch Haniger is from San Jose. Jock Peterson is from Palo Alto. Sean Manaya played for the A's. So ultimately, they, they got mostly guys who are Bay Area type guys. Uh, Correa did agree to come. Uh, this was the Giants. It certainly wasn't Correa getting cold feet. I've seen that suggested somewhere. You know, I guess we're never going to know. All they've agreed on so far is that there was a difference in opinion on the physical. We don't know exactly what went on there. And, you know, there'll be speculation about the Giants having cold feet. You know, they've told people that I know that uh, there was something about the physical that concerned them. We don't know exactly what that was. Now, Correa has played the last three years without any incident. You know, previous to that, he had a back situation, which is usually concerning, but he seems to be over that. He's been very healthy, and uh, it's going to be a mystery, at least for now, exactly what went on there. But there will be this speculation about cold feet. I find that surprising, frankly, because I think they had to be excited to get Correa, and they had to know that leaving them with just some good players, and again, Hanniger and Manaya and Stripling are good players, is going to be a real disappointment to the fans that they were this closely to getting Correa, that they tried hard for Judge, and they came up with three solid players, adding to a team that was 500. We may never know exactly what went into this, but uh, and they do agree that there were differences of opinion, but... Uh, you know, I, I think it didn't end well there with the Boris Corporation and the Giants. Uh, nobody said that exactly at this point, but of course, you've got to get over it. The Giants are one of 30 teams. They have a great reputation overall, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think the Boris Corporation thought there was anything wrong with Carlos Correa. And I think they're hopeful that he passes the Mets physical, as are the Mets. You, you yeah. know how this works, John. The, the Boris Corporation wasn't happy with the Mets when Kumaraka wasn't signed right. out of the True. draft. And then... Cone came with a couple of hundred million dollars for a few of their clients like Nimmo and uh, and now Correa. And that almost leads to forgiveness everywhere. But that wasn't a three hundred fifty million dollar deal. It did cost them did cost Carlos thirty five million. I think he's happy to have it resolved. I think he's probably happy to be in New York, though. He certainly chose to go to San Francisco for that deal. And uh, it did work out well. And you're right. They'll get over it. The Giants have a very good reputation overall. We don't know that they did anything wrong here other than calling a press conference before they had the physical done. That may be something they could have correct in the future because there really isn't any reason for people to find out this way. But uh, other than that, you know, I think it's a very professional, solid organization. I think they made the right offers for Judge. They made the right offer to get Correa to come. And uh, right now they're left holding the bag with a, a rough offseason and really nowhere to turn. I mean, there aren't players left uh, that will come close to making up for a loss of Carlos Correa. Yeah, I'm always one of those, John, who believes there's always unintended consequences. And everyone's be and then usually if you follow the mob, you turn out to be on the wrong side of things. And the mob certainly is anti-giant. Now, I wonder if they'll you mentioned they got caught holding the bag. The bag still has a lot of money in it. And I wonder if over time, 
they're able to spend that money on some other stuff. I'm sure it's stuff we'll cover. I just want to say thank you uh, to everyone for joining us on the show, which is a podcast from the New York Post. A special thank you out to Andrew Hartz, who jumped on this emergency pod and made it possible. He's great with us every week. Uh, don't forget this one also, the emergency pod will be dropping on the Yes app. Uh, you know, even though we're talking about the Mets uh, here, but yeah, they, it will be up on the Yes app today, which is Wednesday as I'm speaking to you. So uh, take a look at that. You see the pretty faces of me and John when we're in emergency mode. Uh, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. And you never know what the two New York teams, especially Steve Cohen, but so maybe we'll be back. But I do think this is actually going to be our final podcast of 2022. But please join us in 2023 on the show with Joel Sherman and John Daniels.